for a minute I thought it was April 1st and they weren't going to come out <laughs> and just leave me here alone to fend for myself. <laughs> I guess it means that Steve and Katie aren't here this morning and they can't crack the whip. So, Good morning, my name is Tony Payne and I welcome you to worship at Wheaton Bible Church. Good morning. Good morning. I knew you were there. This morning, Josh's preaching text is based on 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and 8. Love bears all things, love believes all things, and love never fails. John the Beloved writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brothers and sisters. Now in some churches, there's a special time that's very dear to people called the passing of the peace. Some of you have been in churches where they've passed the peace. Now I know it's uh, post-pandemic and I know social distancing and masking and all the rest, but I thought this morning as we prepare for that opening hymn, when morning gilds the skies. We could find some ways to greet the people around us. So you're gonna stand up and you can wave, you can speak, pass the peace. We say sometimes the peace of the Lord be with you and also with you. We can hold our hearts like this and smile at someone. We can wave, we can kiss our spouse. <laughs> find a way to express the love that John spoke of as we prepare for this beautiful service where love bears all things, love believes all things, and love never fails. fails. Will you stand and pass the peace to the people around you in a way that's safe for you? Peace be with you, brother. Peace of the Lord. Thanks for all your encouragement this morning. I guess we got them going. Yes.
the Son of God enfold you with his spirit and his love. Let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Let him have the things that hold you and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you people said. Amen. You may be seated. And if you just can't help yourself, you are allowed to sing along on this song. <laughs> I once was lost in sin. 
little talks, haven't you? Well, Walter Wangeren, the theologian in his book, Whole Prayer, wrote that whenever God talks, those he addresses, those who hear him are vibrantly alive in relationship with him, whatever the immediate issue. We must grow alert to the divine desire which motivates him always, always to communicate with us why does God invite us to speak with him at all? Why does he answer? And what does he hope will be the consequence of every whispered petition, whether heavy or light? Gospel songs like Just a Little Talk with Jesus engage us in the joyful experience of prayer. Prayers are often so sober and serious, aren't they? We have things on our mind. Could we pray with joy this morning? Could we pray with joy this morning? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, how I bless and thank you. How we bless and thank you for the glad tidings of great joy that were given to all people. Thank you for Jesus and for the joy and peace that floods the hearts of all who have believed in him, the rock of their salvation. Eternity 
is too short to praise and magnify your glorious name for all your goodness and your love toward us and to all who are called by your name for in you is the fullness of joy. Help us to share this joy of knowing Jesus with all those who you place in our path. And we pray that throughout the world, there may be many today who are saved by grace through faith in the resurrected power of Jesus Christ, so that they too may experience the joy which is freely available to all who believe in the gospel of grace and love. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Now let us have, have a little, little talk, talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. You hear a little prayer will turn and you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus. Jesus makes it right, Jesus makes it
Well, good morning, Wheaton Bible. It is definitely good to see you, be with you. My name is Josh Laxon. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. I want you to finish this sentence with me. For God so the world that he Let's just stop right there. I mean, do we realize that the love of God is demonstrable? Like it's, it's action. That, that God so loved that he, say it one more time. So as a church who has been transformed by the love of Jesus, what should we do? Give. We should give of our time, our talents, our treasures. Why? Because we are never more like Jesus than when we give. Now, five weeks ago, we had this thing called CareFest. How many uh, were part of that day, CareFest? Awesome, awesome. Just give yourself a round of applause one more time. Yeah, that's awesome. Five, five weeks ago. But I, I want us to realize that CareFest is not just a once a year thing. It is a daily thing. Like I, I like to call it a love fest, right? Because that is exactly what caring is. Caring is demonstrating love. And Wheaton Bible, you do that. You, you do that every single week. In fact, since CareFest, we've engaged in eight other schools, helping them to make their property more beautiful. We've helped people clean up around their house, clean like gutters. I wish I would have had a team at my house this past week. Cleaning out gutters is nasty. So, can I get an amen? Amen. I had weeds growing up in my gutters. So uh, anyways, but we had a team uh, cleaning out uh, gutters. We had a team building a deck. And that wasn't, that wasn't for CareFest. That was just ordinary believers doing extraordinary loving. And that extraordinary loving is demonstrating the love of God. But I also want us to realize that we also demonstrate the love of God when we give of our treasure. Now, you know, I've always told people that I really don't necessarily like to, to talk about giving. You, you know why? Because people walk away, oh, all that church wants to do is talk about giving. Here's what I would just say. If you know Jesus, he saved not only you, but he has redeemed and saved your finances. And so how you steward your finances, how you give is a reflection of Jesus in you. And so here's what I've always been taught from a mentor of mine is that when you give financially, you make a difference. When you don't give financially, guess what? You make a difference. See, everything that you give, that I give to Wheaton Bible, it's not to Wheaton Bible. It is to the body of Christ fulfilling his mission in the world. And so let us be, as we're in this series, Love Unfiltered, let us love Jesus through our giving. And let our loving through giving impact others and the world. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we do thank you that you are loving, that you are love. And I pray that we as Wheaton Bible will continue to demonstrate your love in the way that we give. 
And so, Father, I pray that you would take our love, that you would take our love through giving, and that you would far exceed anything that we could ever ask, think, or imagine because of the Spirit of God working through agape love, unconditional divine love. So that's what we pray. And we pray expectantly that you would do far more abundantly than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. For it's in your name we pray, our King. And all God's people said, I know what you're probably thinking, who is this? Now, now what, what's so interesting is that uh, not only did I have to dress myself today, but I had to bring clothes for uh, my little friend. This is a teenage mannequin, by the way, which makes it a little awkward that he can fit my clothes. Anyways, but one of the things that people always ask me, why do you always want to bring like, you know, illustrations with you? And why are you like this object guy? I, in all honesty, I, I learn through visual aids. Like, I, I think that there's probably many of you, many of those of you who are watching us online, you're visual people, we're visual creatures. And what I hope and pray is that by the end of our time this morning, this mannequin, and we'll just call him Manny Quinn, all right? That's his name, Manny Quinn. You're like, how long did it take you to come up with that? A long time. So... But by the end of this morning, I hope that this becomes, that, that this series that we're in, that we're closing out this morning, Love Unfiltered, would literally be an object lesson for you that you would walk out these doors going, you know what, I want to love like that. And so, in just a second, we'll start to use Manny Quinn. Now, we're... Like I said, we're in this series, 1 Corinthians 13, the Louvre chapter. I always like saying that, the Louvre chapter. And so we've been looking at what love is and what love isn't. And it's so interesting that in 1 Corinthians 13, it, it actually comes between 12 and 14. That's, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? But what Paul does is that he actually like interrupts his teaching. He interrupts his teaching on spiritual gifts. And he says, let me just pause right here. And let me just go ahead and tell you something that is more important than spiritual gifts. And what is that? It's love. And so he like interrupts his regular teaching to say, you know what? This is so important. I've got to interrupt and I've got to talk to you about love. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, has any of you ever seen the commercial for Flex Tape? Anybody ever seen that commercial Flex Tape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what in the world is Flex Tape? Well, Flex Tape is to the 21st century what duct tape was to the 20th century. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry for you 20th century people that use duct tape. Hey, you have been trumped by flex tape. I mean, you use flex, flex tape for everything. You use it to patch, you use it to bond, you use it to seal, you use it to repair. That, that's what flex tape is a use for. Uh, here's some uses. You can patch a leaky roof. Like, uh, uh, listen, I don't know about you. I'd be calling a roofing guy. I'm not going to go up there with some flex tape. But hey, they promise that you can use flex tape for a leaky roof. What about some leaky pipes? Uh, here's another thing that you can do. You can saw a boat in two. I don't know why you would want to do this. But you can saw a boat into two. And then you can actually use flex tape to make it whole again. 
Now, who would want to do that? I, I, I don't know. But then, here's, a, here's my favorite one. You can fix a car bumper with some flex tape. You can flex that, you can flex that bumper with some flex tape. That, that's pretty funny. And growing up in the South, that's what we would do. That's what Southerners would do. I don't know about you here in the Midwest. Now, you, you're like, Josh, why, why are you talking about flex tape and all of this? And, because if you think about it, flex tape is a binding agent. Everything that flex tape is used for, it's to make something whole. Where something has been torn, flex tape mends it. Flex tape repairs it. Flex tape bonds it. What I want to suggest to you this morning is that agape love is the flex tape of relationships. Agape love is the flex tape of relationships because in relationships there's going to be tension. In relationships there's going to be conflict. In relationships there's going to be strife. In relationships there might be some tear that happens in relationships. That's why you need, we need agape love. And so far what Paul has basically said is that you can have all of the spiritual gifts in the world. You can have faith that moves mountains. You can give all of your possessions. But if you do not love, you are a noisy symbol. Uh, you are nothing. You gain nothing. And then he has given us so far 11 descriptions or part of the definition of love, of what love is and what love isn't. And so I have brought with me some, some hearts. And they are, they are very sticky hearts, by the way. And these hearts represent agape love. And so Paul has told the Corinthians that love is patient. So when you are tempted to be impatient with your spouse, impatient with your children, impatient with the leaders here at the church, you just agape that impatience. When you want to walk out, you just agape, go, no, I can't, I can't walk out. I got to be patient. Uh, love, he, we also uh, was taught that love is not easily angered, right? So, so love just not, love doesn't just huff and puff when something bad happens to you. Love is not easily perturbed. It's not easily irritated. So when you are dealing with others that, man, you, they just make you irritable. Like you agape that. You agape that. Uh, love is not envious, right? It, it, it does not boast. And so we're going we're gonna to agape that when you feel jealous and you start resenting others because of their success. You, you're going to watch yourself. You're going to check your heart and you're going to agape that, right? And so I'm going to continue on and on because again, we have a 11 different descriptions that Paul has given us. A love does not boast. Love is not self-seeking, right? So uh, th these hearts, man, they're, they're just sticky. I mean, they're, I mean, they are having a ball, all right? And so we also see that love is not proud. Love does uh, not delight in evil. So when you're sitting there thinking, oh, yes, they finally got hurt. Or we, we're not speaking into someone else's life who's veering off the path. It, we are loving them. We're going to check our heart. We're going to love them. 
you kind of get the drift, right? Is that we're, we're flexing the power of agape love. And so here's the main point that I want us to flesh out. And like, look, look how many more hearts I got left over. I, I told Jim, I want a lot of hearts. Because Paul talks about love in a lot of different ways. But here's the main point that we're going to flesh out this morning. If you're ready, say you're ready. Here it is. The power of love towards one another reveals the out-of-this-world love of God. The power of agape love towards one another reveals the out-of-this-what-world love of God. Because at the end of this morning, what we will see is that the way we are to love, it's out of this world. There's no one else in the world that's going to love like the church. That's what we're going to see this morning. And so we're going to see it in the following ways. Here's the three points. This is where we're going. This is the direction we're going this morning. Agape love reveals the constancy of God's love. Agape love reveals the perpetuity of God's love. Agape love reveals the greatness of God's love. Will you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word? Here's what Paul writes. Love never what? Fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. A, I even reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then when we're complete, we will see face to face. Who will we see face to face? Jesus. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and what? But the greatest of these is what? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for demonstrating your love for us, spirit, I pray that you would move in our midst through the preaching of your word. And as your word is proclaimed, Spirit, will you go to work shaping us and molding us into new creation. New creation that loves like you. I pray for those who are connecting with us online, who may be here, who are far from you. Spirit, will you go to work drawing them into becoming new creation as they turn from their sin, and as they embrace a loving Savior. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Number one, agape love reveals the constancy of God's love. Reveals the constancy of God's love. Now here Paul makes a shift. Now he's not going to tell you what love is or what love isn't. He's actually going to tell you about the pattern or the trustworthiness of love. And he's going to do so by saying love always. Now if you paid attention in English class, and I, 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 I wouldn't say that I really paid attention growing up in English class. I tell people all the time I'm still trying to learn the English language. But if you paid attention to English class, you learned that always is an 
adverb. An adverb modifies an adjective, a verb, or another adverb in a sentence. And here, Paul is describing what love is. Love always is. Now, I have a love-hate relationship with the word always. And here's why I have a love-hate relationship with always. Now, now, ladies, I don't know if you do this, but my wife does this. She will look at me sometimes and say, you always forget to take out the trash. Men, does your wife do, do, do you know, does she do, do that? Mine does. And I'm like, no, baby. No, no, no. I, I, I don't always forget. Yes, I've, I forgot this week. Yes, I forgot last week. But I promise back in January, January 14th, I took out that trash. She'll say, you always forget to unload the dishwasher. No, 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 baby, baby. Uh-uh. No, I don't always. You always hog the bathroom. No, no, baby. I, I, I don't always hog the bathroom. It's just only when that little hair will not get into place. Like, like, I don't know if you, but my wife constantly, she uses that adverb, you always. And what Paul is telling us here is that on every occasion, in every situation, in every circumstance, love always. Now, love always what? Well, he's going to give us four descriptions. Love always protects. Let me catch that heart. I'm about to use them. Love always protects. Love always bears. Love always covers. Love always supports. And so if you think about it, love always stands in the gap. If there's somebody in your life that needs you to kind of stand in the gap, you stand in the gap. You take the shots with them. You take the arrows with them. If there's somebody struggling at work and you're like, man, you, you know what? I, I, know, I, I, I know that their mistake might cost them their job, but I'm going to stand in the gap for them. I'm going I'm to bear with them them. I'm going to support them. Uh, Love forgives. Love forgives what? Always. Always. You don't even have to think about it. Love always forgives. Uh, Love sounds the alarm. Always. So when you have a brother or a sister that you see veering to the right or to the left, falling into sin, love always stands firm and says, Here's what you're doing when you do that. And it stands in love. Love always bears. Love always supports. Love always protects. But then Paul also says that love always trusts. Love always believes. Love always has confidence in. Love always has faith. Now this doesn't mean that love is naive or love is gullible. But here's what it does mean that love does not cast judgment. I'll just put that up there. Because there are going to be times when you're riding in the car, you'll see somebody on the street holding a sign, and you'll start wanting to cast judgment. Or there might be somebody in the church, they might come a certain way, they might look a certain way, they might wear certain clothes, they might talk a certain way, and you might want to cast judgment. You might want to profile, but love always, always trusts, always believes the best. Love doesn't fear rejection, but gives love liberally. Love isn't cynical after being hurt. How many, let me ask you this, how many, how many of you in here, you've been hurt by somebody? You might be watching online and maybe you're going through a bad divorce and you're cynical about love. You don't know if you can love again. 
But let me tell you what Paul is saying. Love always trusts you. Believe the best about people. Love creates an environment where people want to bring their best. Love always gives the benefit of the doubt. But also Paul says, love always hopes. Love always expects the best. It anticipates the best. It looks forward to the best yet to come. It longs for the world to be made right. Let me say it this way. Love praise. Love praise. And love makes sure it tells others, hey, I prayed for you. Because what are you doing when you pray for someone else? You are hoping that God moves in their life. But then we also see that love always perseveres, right? Love remains through thick and thin. It's what we said in our wedding vows, right? Till death do us part, we will endure, we will persevere, we will remain, we will stay. So even love remains uh, up and has sleepless nights because they are in constant thought about someone else and their relationship. Love gives you another chance and 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 another chance. Love always endures. Love always perseveres. You see what we're doing up here, right? Like this is a walking billboard for agape love. Paul, in Ephesians 3, he tells the church there at Ephesus that here's my prayer for you, that you would grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, that you will know this love that surpasses knowledge. What Paul, I think, is getting at there in his letter to the Ephesians is that I want you uh, to know the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of God. Because if you don't know the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of God, you will not be able to express and to demonstrate the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of God. Because in 1 Corinthians, that's what he's basically getting at is that we become a walking billboard to the height and depth and width and length of the love of God. And so when we love always, we reveal the constancy of Jesus' love for us. Then he moves on to number two. Agape love reveals the perpetuity of God's love. Everybody say perpetuity. I love saying that word. It's a fun word to say, perpetuity. And I'll tell you here in a second why why I picked that word. But Paul, he makes the statement, love never fails. And this statement acts as sort of a door hinge from verses 4 through 7 and then 8 through following. And that's why many scholars believe that he uses this word fail intentionally. It can mean to stop to fail, to fall, to be destroyed, or to cease. So while positively love protects and trusts and hopes and perseveres, 
Paul wants to, he wants the believers there in Corinth to know that love never fails. Love never falls. Love never loses. Love never is defeated. Love never runs dry. Love never runs out. Love never is held up. Love is never stopped. Love never gives up. Love never gives out. Love never ceases. Love never is finished. Love never finishes. Love doesn't have a shelf life and love never ends. So he's saying. However, on the other hand, there are some things that end. There are some things that do have a shelf life and what are those things? Well, I'm glad that you asked. The three things that Paul mentions are prophecies, tongues, and knowledge. It just so happens that these three things the Corinthians held so dear. They loved their prophecies. They loved their tongues. They loved their knowledge. But here's what Paul, he goes on to say. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Paul's like, yes, these gifts are useful. Leverage them for the glory of God. But these gifts, they're only temporal. They're temporary. They're not eternal. They're not everlasting. But what does go on forever, what is everlasting is what? Love. Now, let me tell you why I use the word perpetuity. As opposed to the word like permanence or the duration of love, I love watching Shark Tank. Anybody else out there watch Shark Tank? Yeah, I, I love watching Shark Tank. And there are times where Mr. Wonderful or Kevin O'Leary will make a deal with a business person and he will make a royalty deal. And he will say, for every product sold, you're going to give me a dollar or you'll give me two dollars in perpetuity. Meaning, as long as you're in business, as long as you sell this product, in perpetuity, every time one of those objects or products are sold, I'll get money. Now, I think this concept really gets at the heart of what Paul is trying to stress to the Corinthians. Every time someone gives a prophecy, every time someone speaks in a tongue, every time someone offers a word of knowledge, love should be part of the exchange. So, up here, when Pastor Rob, Pastor Hannibal, myself, Pastor Phil, whenever we preach the Word of God, we need to do it in love. Like, when I'm preparing for a message, I am wanting to love you well by studying well. I'm wanting to love you well by thinking of ways of how, how God can use this message to speak powerfully to you. When you're in a small group with other believers and you're studying God's Word together. You're encouraging one another in God's Word. You're doing so in love. You're loving others. You're not just doing it out of emotions. You're not just doing it because you have to. You're doing it out of love. Anytime that you have knowledge and you want to share it with someone else, you are doing so out of love. Every 
every time you exercise a spiritual gift in perpetuity, as long as that gift is in existence, you are doing so in love. Why? Because the giver of love is eternal. The giver of love is everlasting. He is love and love has no end. So every time we exercise what God has given us, we do so in the perpetuity of God's love. You could say it this way. Here's a principle. I want you to chew on it. Spiritual gifts exercised in an environment without love establish an empty religion. But spiritual gifts exercised in an environment with love establishes heaven on earth. He, he is the walking presence of God. Why? Because he's walking in love and he's bringing heaven to earth. Because if God is love, and this is what's so interesting when Paul says, and we shall see face to face, we shall see love face to face, we shall look into, into the eyes of love, we shall feel and look into the, the hands and the feet of love, and we shall be known as we are fully known. And so if that's what's going to happen one of these days when everything is complete, what should we be doing now? Now, you see, this is where the Corinthians struggled, right? They wanted to exercise their spiritual gifts to demonstrate how spiritual they were, how smart they were. They actually prided themselves on their gifts. They're like, hmm, hmm, look at me. I can speak in tongues. Man, I got wisdom. I got knowledge to share with you. Here's what they did. They, they served for show. They served for show. Look at me. And so therefore, when they served for show, it wasn't loving. It was like, look, look at me, look at me. Now, maybe in the 20th century, maybe, maybe in the 20th century, churches in America, maybe, maybe they dealt with this. They, they served for show. Like, look at how many committees I'm on. Look at how many areas I'm serving in. Look at how much I'm giving. They even named a building after me. The Josh Laxton you know, Memorial. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily the case today in the 21st century. I think people now, they sit for a show. They sit for a show. So maybe... You, you, you come here, and, and here's, what we're, here's what we're finding, is that people are getting bored by the show. They're no longer entertained anymore. You, you see, now, now this doesn't necessarily equate here for our traditional service, but many churches have uh, you know, changed their music, changed their style. They've added some fancy elements, hopefully to entertain, hopefully to be a little bit more relevant. You know, re relevant. And what has happened is, is that people are becoming bored by what they see and they're walking out the door. Let me just say it this way, is that love, the love of God, it doesn't, it, it doesn't demonstrate for a show and it doesn't sit for a show, but it serves out of love. And so there are a lot of things here at Wheaton Bible. If you're not involved, there are so many different areas for you to get involved 
to demonstrate the perpetuity of God's love. You see, the gifts that God gives us are subservient to love. Love is the main thing. So the third thing that we learn is that agape love reveals the greatness of God's love. Agape love reveals the greatness of God's love. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now this is a very fascinating statement that Paul makes. That when it comes down to it, Paul's like, these are the three most important elements of the Christian faith. Faith, hope, and love. But then he actually describes what the greatest element of the Christian faith is, and he names love. Now, this is why I find this so fascinating, is that faith is extremely important, and Paul wouldn't doubt that. Because in Ephesians, he says, by faith, you have been what? Saved. I mean, faith is pretty important. Faith is what saves us. Faith moves mountains. Jesus told that. Even Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, earlier on, he says that faith can move mountains. I mean, faith is extremely powerful. Faith is extremely important. What about hope? Well, hope sustains us. It gives us faith to persevere as we look forward in great anticipation of what's coming. Hope emboldens us. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we have such a hope and therefore we are very bold. Hope keeps our eyes on the prize. It it keeps us on the straight and narrow because we are looking forward to something. I mean, hope is extremely important. But Paul actually states that love is greater than both of them. Why? Why does Paul say love is greater? Well, let me, let me take a stab at it. Are you okay if I take a stab at it? Yeah. I think the simplest answer and most basic answer is found in 1 John 4, 16, where John writes, God is what? God is love. In other words, part of the identity and nature and character of God is love. God isn't faith. God isn't hope. Now, he's the object of our faith. He's the object of our hope, but he's neither faith nor hope, but he is love. And it is in love that faith and hope are born. For it was in the love that God had for us that he pursued us. He sent his son for us. His son was sacrificed for us. He died for us. He was raised for us. He adopts us. He cleanses us. And he will one day seat us with him in the heavenly realm. Why? All because he is love. So it's in love Jesus is making all things new. It's in love Jesus will wipe every tear from our eyes. It's in love that our faith will one day be complete. You realize in the new city, in the new heavens, we will not have to have faith anymore. We will not have to hope anymore. Faith and hope will be complete. And it's in that love we will bask for all eternity. Why? Because God's love, God's love is better than life. 
That's why love is greater. So because God is love and God has shown us love, love then, come, come in here, church, come in here and listen to this. Love is the presence of God acting in our midst. That's the reason why I put all of these heart stickers here on Manny Quinn, because this is what God wants from us. He wants us to be a walking billboard of his presence in the world. That's what we are. Let me ask you, there's no one else, there's no one else, there's no other group, there's no other religion that will love like this. There's no other person that can love like this other than a believer who has been transformed by the love of God. And I will dare say that our culture, our world needs this billboard. They need the presence of God. They need love. In a cancel culture, they need someone to demonstrate what it looks like to love always, in perpetuity to love. They need to see the greatness of love. So, so as I end this morning, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three quick takeaways from this entire series as we put a little nice bow on this series. And here it is. Takeaway number one. Love is one of the most significant signs that you have received and been transformed by the love of Jesus. If you want to know if you want to know if you've been transformed by, by Jesus, how many hearts you got on you? How many hearts? Because you can go to church, you can go to Bible study, you can pray, but if you don't have love, you might not be a child of the loving King. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The second takeaway is this. Love is the bonding, the bonding agent in the building up of the body through spiritual gifts. It's the, bond, it's the bonding agent. Let me ask you this. How, how many of you want to go to a church with, with Manny here? I'd want to go to a church with Manny. He's just one loving dude. We do realize that Wheaton Bible is in a transition. We're over in the next few months, we will be celebrating a dear pastor who has served for 27 faithful years. And we have just voted in our executive pastor preaching, Hannibal Rodriguez, couldn't be more excited. But let us not forget that there will be a transition and there will be a season of transition and we need to be covered in love. That will be the bonding agent. And the third takeaway is this, is that love is the greatest apologetic tool we have that gives witness to the world about the person of Jesus. Our world needs Jesus. They need to know what it looks like for a man to love his wife, for a wife to love her husband, for parents to love their children, and for a group of people who are diverse to love one another. And when we love like that, we demonstrate the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, heaven on 
earth. And in light of this entire series, let me just share with you a simple definition of love. Love is giving yourself to the glory of God and the good of others. It's giving yourself. It's emptying yourself for the glory of God and the good of this world. See, when we love like that, we reveal the out-of-this-world love of God. Let's pray. Father, may we be loving. That's just a simple request that we have. May we be loving like you are loving. And may we reveal, may we be a people, may we be a church that reveals the out-of-this-world love of God. Spirit, we, we, we can't do it on our own. We can't sit there and muster up enough, enough strength to love like this. We, we need you. We need you to empower us. We need you to be present in our hearts that would start controlling our minds, that would start controlling our lips, that would start controlling our hands, that we might be loving like our King, like our Savior. So Spirit, we're praying that you indwell us, empower us, diffuse in us the power of God's love that we might demonstrate it in in every situation, in every circumstance, in every arena of our life, always and forever, in perpetuity. May we love, for it's in your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Author, composer, songwriter, Gloria Gaither sat down one day to listen to what the music of Sibelius Finlandia was saying to her. She concluded that the music seemed to be saying, I then shall live as one who's been forgiven. Let's say it. I then shall live as one who's been forgiven. But how does one live forgiven? I think we've gotten some ideas this morning, haven't we? Certainly gratitude might be the first response, but what then? What would be the living out part of a love that bears all things and believes all things? Gloria quickly wrote the words she felt the Spirit was dictating, but she realized that it would be easier to sing than it would be to live out. So let's stand and sing in response to this call to bear and to believe with the knowledge that each declaration, each promise in this song will have to be sealed with the words, so help me God. Say it once with me, so help me God.
that you may feed a hungry world through me. Mm. Paul writes this. This is our benediction. It may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let us be sent in that love to be the presence of God in this world. Church, you are sent.